Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to the Champions League final preview here on the Talking Blues podcast, our first and hopefully not last Champions League final preview for Chelsea on the Talking Blues podcast. Josh and Peter will bring you this one. Alex is not able to join us today. and We are actually recording, believe it or not, during the penalties uh, between Manchester United and uh, Villa, Villa Real. Right, Peter? That's who is playing. Villa Real. Close enough. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. We're not in the Europa League final, so I don't need to worry about that. I'm sorry to all you football fans who are now going to criticize me for not knowing the team name uh, or pronouncing it correctly. I thought I pronounced it fine. I think I said Villa Royale, Real. You know, close enough. Whatever. It is what it is. But we have a match this weekend. Jokes out of the way. Chelsea versus Man City. The big one. The Champions League final one leg. We don't have any two legs. We know what it is. Saturday, May 29th at 3 p.m. There will be fans in attendance, and um, we're excited that you British viewers will be able to watch it at 8 p.m., so obviously a night game there. Um, and you've got to hope that Chelsea come out on top. We'll have our predictions later in the episode. I was, uh, you know, as much as I have not been the most positive with Chelsea, and obviously, you know, I mentioned last episode, and I think Alex did as well, and Peter noted it out on it too that Chelsea are not up to their full potential right now. Um, and we've seen them much better, especially in the Champions League. So hopefully they can bring that to this matchup on Saturday. What I would like to say right now is that Thomas Tuchel has confirmed, as we are recording this episode Wednesday evening here in the U.S. Eastern Time, uh, that Conte and Edward Mendy have trained on Wednesday. That's what he hoped for. That's what he gets. So that's extremely good. Uh, they both trained and they were involved with the rest of the squad, which is also good. And they also did uh, a session on their own after the team session as well. So the Chelsea boss was desperate for Mendy to be fit as he admitted on Monday that his condition would be watched throughout the week. The latest update is we still have hope that he joins that he joins training on Wednesday, uh, that he joins a group. That was Tuchel on Monday. And I'm very happy about that, that both of them can play. I really, really, really want... N'Golo Conte to play this match. I've said that 
if he's not in the midfield, that is one thing that turns like, you know, Chelsea have a chance to, I really, really think that Man City will win this game if he's not in that squad, just because of uh, recently what we've seen from Jorginho and Kovacic has been very, very bad football. And I think Peter, you can agree with that. Yes. I mean, I, we texted during the game and I said, I, I literally said that I think they were like, I would rather have Billy Gilmore play this game. And I think I said in the episode too, Billy Gilmore, with the way they've been playing Billy Gilmore, I prefer, even though obviously I don't think Billy Gilmore should start, nor do I have him in my starting lineup, but they've been playing terrible. And if we're going to win this game, we need at least whichever one of them plays next to Conte, assuming Conte, so we need them to be better. Agreed. Um, and one thing I do want to get to, obviously, this is just a stat, and I know stats don't matter, but you have to factor in that Chelsea have won their last two matchups against Manchester City in all competitions, both coming since Thomas Tuchel has took over the club. Uh, they last won three in a row against Manchester City between 2005 and 2009, uh, where they actually won eight in a row then. But obviously, the, one of them came in the FA Cup semifinal to move on to the FA Cup final, which we all know what happened there, the Leicester City loss, which we kind of made up for in the Premier League win. But, um, you know, it's obviously not the same as the FA Cup final. Rather take that than a Premier League match. And I think now, I guess, we. I mean, I don't know how much we want to preview this match. I mean, obviously, I can go through what Chelsea have been through to get to this point. Uh, we've been able to beat teams, and I feel like be the underdog uh, in most of these rounds, as you would call it, you know, against obviously Sevilla and Ren and Crossador in our group stage is not the biggest thing to brag about besides Sevilla. I mean, they're a pretty good squad to come and, uh, you know, go against a, a team in Atletico Madrid, uh, Luis Suarez, and the dirty team that they are and completely obliterate past them, I would say, and that aggregate 3-0 in the round of 16, then move on against Porto, who obviously... Yeah, I guess you can say that we were the upper hand there, um, but you know, I, I, you know, that that's up to interpretation. Obviously, we lost that second leg to Porto on the wonderful um, that bicycle kick goal, but beat them, and then coming to Real Madrid, which we definitely were not the favorites to win that one, and we progressed past them, win the aggregate three one there. So this leads us to this match on uh, on Saturday. I was about to say on Friday and. Peter, is there anything else you would like to say before we move on to the lineup predictions? Besides, like, I really don't have anything else. I'm just looking here uh, at this, more stats and Chelsea's records. Uh, they've won eight, drew three, and lost one in the Champions League, while Manchester City have won, th- have won 11, excuse me, uh, drawn one, and they have lost no games, which is pretty big. Um, and then you had the top scorers for Man City, being Mares and Torres, who are both tied for four, and then Chelsea, Olivier Giroud, who I mentioned has six, uh, and we have not seen him lately. So, you know, that's something to think about there. Peter, final thoughts before we get into this lineup prediction. I mean, it's nothing I didn't say, and I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I almost assuredly said this all uh, last episode, but just the teams we've beaten, like, along this way, aren't any joke, and they show that we have the ability to beat Man City. I'm pretty sure I'm repeating exactly what I said if you've listened to this last episode. So sorry for that. But if you're new, I'll say it again. I mean, Real Madrid, runners-up. I'm pretty sure runners-up in the league, and they're challenging for the title the entire season. Atletico Madrid, we beat the winners of La Liga. Porto on our side to mess with. And, I mean, we beat Man City in the FA Cup semifinal. We beat them in the Prem. Sure, it's not the same teams that I think they will have in the final. But, I mean, we know that we can beat them. 
it's it's a definitely a doable game. And I just want to say now, obviously, there's a Chelsea podcast and we're meant to be talking about the UCL final. But the Villarreal keeper just banged the penalty top corner. And yes, they have got, if you didn't watch this game, because obviously you will have to have watched it <laughs> to know what I'm talking about. But it's on to penalties. And if they've gone through every single field player, the goalies are taking penalties now. The Villarreal keeper just banged one and now the hay is up. But I'll keep talking now. I think Man City, we can definitely beat them. But they're on, like you said, Josh, like the 11 wins and they haven't lost one in so long. It's just been absolutely crazy. And Man United just lost the Europa League. But it's been crazy, absolutely crazy how good they've been. But we know we can beat them, right? We've shown that we can beat them. We've shown we have the talent. And I think it's a winnable game. And we deserve to be in the spot. We've played very well. But we have to prove it. And that's going to be the challenge, especially with the lineup that has been playing arguably some of the worst football they, that we've been playing since Tuco's come in. And I think we're going to need a little bit of a boost from who knows where to actually be able to challenge. Because if we played like we did against Aston Villa, we're, we're going to lose this game three or four now. Peter, that was unbelievable. Staying calm, cool, collected throughout the final penalties. I think it was 12-11 was the final end penalties, uh, where, like you were saying, both goalkeepers um, and David, uh, David De Gea I think it's David, right? David De Gea just missed it. Um, or I think it was saved. And Villarreal is going to win this. Or they already won. But wow. Um, <laughs> nice composer there. You full-on had your statement. Just said Man City has lost the Europa League final. Or I think you just said uh, Man City, Man United. I think I said Man City. Man United have lost the Europa League final and then just, okay, I'll continue now and just continue on your thought. That was, that was a little crazy there. I try my best. I try my best. But it, now that I've gone through my statement, I can say it's crazy that if you didn't watch the game, I'll just have you know that Man United completely dominated Villarreal. Villarreal had like one shot on target the entire game and then they lose on pens today. Hey, I miss. If our game is anything like this, it will be so funny, but and it will be ironic because I'm laughing at them now because it's so funny they lost to this and that De Gea was the one that missed the penalty. But if our game goes to pens and it ends up taking Kepa, assuming Mendy isn't fit, or Mendy is taking a penalty to decide whether it wins the Champions League, I will not be laughing. I will instead be rolling on the floor not paying attention to the TV. <laughs> but it is funny that Man United did happen to lose this against the team that finished in ninth in La Liga. But obviously, this is a Chelsea FC podcast. I'm sure you're not here to talk about us. Make fun of Man United for in the Europa League, which hopefully we won't be a part of anytime soon. And we can continue doing the preview. So enough of that. No more talk about Man United. On to the actual important part of the podcast, which is Chelsea. Yeah, and um, we'll go to the lineup prediction in a second. The one thing is, though, that you do have to mention, Peter said, it's two different things. We know that. We can beat them, but... I think this is something you have to address. Obviously, both teams coming from a very, very different weekend. Um, this previous weekend in the final match day, 38 of 38 in the Prem League. And I think we have to address this. Man City is coming off winning the Premier League in a 5-0 win against Everton. While Chelsea is coming off a 2-1 loss to Aston Villa. Um, and obviously won just barely by celebrating a win by one of their rivals, Tottenham, who now rule North London. Uh, and are the leaders there. We've already addressed that on last episode. If you haven't listened, go check it out. But I think that's something we do have to talk about because two different weekends for both clubs. And I think um, one team's going to be going in with a little bit more confidence than the other. And I think both of us can agree on that. 
All right, we've gotten all of the other stuff out of the way. Let's go to what we think for the Chelsea lineup like we've done every single match this season. And sadly, this will be the last one. But don't worry, because next week, obviously, win or loss, I think we'll have to, we will have to go through this match. So look forward to a Champions League recap next episode. And obviously, we're going to go through our Premier League table predictions, how we talked about it in the beginning of the season, I think like episode two or three, maybe even episode one. I don't know uh, for sure. No, we did the transfers, I think, in the episodes one and two. So I think we're going to go through the Premier League table, see how wrong we were. (laughs) So we'll be able to make fun of each other there uh, and talk about that. But for right now, Edward Mendy, I think he makes a return to net. He's not going to want to end his season. So I think he's going to do everything possible to start a net. And I think uh, the Chelsea members, the coaching staff, and Thomas Tuchel, I think will definitely realize that, yes, if he's in a bit of pain, they understand, but he wants to, you know, end it all with Chelsea, um, especially after a tremendous season that he's had. Back line, it's going to be interesting, but I think I'm going to go with, obviously, Thiago Silva. That's a must. I think Rudiger's a must, and then I think Andreas Christensen in the back as well to finish out my back three. I think for me, I think I completely agree that literally everybody at Chelsea or Chelsea fans are praying or doing whatever they can to help Mendy get a net. <laughs> no offense to Kepi, he didn't play badly when he played uh, against Arsenal and in the FA Cup final. But I mean, we cannot have him starting in a UCL final. I don't care if Mendy has two broken legs and he has a concussion and he can't see. I would still rather have him in net than Kepa. No offense, he's been playing well, but still. You know, I can't risk anything. And then in the back line, I think Thiago Silva has to be in there. Rüdiger's been playing amazing as long as he doesn't shoot from 30 yards out. And I think, I think Tuchel, this one's interesting. I mean, it hasn't been interesting. Right, the right center back spot has basically for the entire time Tuchel's been here. It's been Aspie there, and then Reese James at right wing back, or Kalamats and Adoy at right wing back. Someone else there. But Reese James has obviously been playing at right center back these past few games, and he's been playing well. And now the question for Tuchel is, would he rather have Reese James there to help defend probably Sterling or Foden or have Aspie there, who will might most likely get outpaced there, while Reese James will probably do a better job defending, but then sacrifice Reese James' ability to whip crosses into the box? And personally, I think he knows that in this game that it's going to be much more important to defend than attack, because at worst comes to worst, we just play 11 we play an 11 0 0 and just hope for penalties and then win on pens so i think right reese james will be at right center back Diego silva center back center center back rudiger left center back and then as p at right wing back and the rest of my midfield i think chua will have to be out there on the left he's been playing amazing and i will do want to say that he does now have only he's only one assist off Trent alexander on for the most uh goal contributions from a wing back and i feel like that's going under the radar i think he's been a very very good signing I'd say he's probably behind Mendy and Sofa as our top signing through the season. He's played very, very well. And he's getting playing better as he gets used to the left wing back. I think he plays there. Conte needs to start in the midfield if he's fit. If he isn't fit, like you said, Josh, we have like a 1% chance. But if he is in the midfield, I think that moves up to maybe like a, I'd say 50-50. I think Conte is that important to our team that if with or without him, it shifts like 50% of the chances of us winning. And then on the right, who knows? Maybe we will start Billy Gilmore because he did play well last time we played against City. But I don't think it's possible that we do that. I think Kovacic has just looked very, very bad coming back from injury. And I don't think he's definitely had more mistakes than Jorginho in the past games. He's also looked, he hasn't looked the same. He hasn't looked as dynamic on the ball. He hasn't looked as confident on the ball. He's been kind of weak. 
so is Jorginho, but I think Jorginho starts in there regardless. I think, although he's been playing terrible, we can't have Billy Gilmore start in there, and Kovacic just, I think, has been worse than Jorginho, so it's basically the best of the worst, so he's lucky to get in there with the way he's been playing. But hopefully he turns it around and does literally, just, we don't need him to do anything fancy, just don't give the ball away, and don't play a pass into your own goal. So my midfield, Chowell, left wing back, Conte Jorginho in the center, and SP right wing back. And Peter, so alluding on your point of choosing the defensive, non-defensive with Reese James and Asby, that's why I'm surprised you didn't note on it or, you know, talk a little bit of crap about my selection there going three center backs. And that's the exact reason that I did that was because I want to go fully defensive. I think we know that Man City are very, very good attacking with all of their weapons. And I think we need to go full on defensive, whether that's Asby at right center back or, you know, Christensen or Rudiger doesn't matter to me. I just put three center backs because I know that all three of those guys, I have complete confidence in them defending. Yeah, but the thing about Christensen is that he hasn't played in so long that I think putting him there is arguably a bigger risk than putting like Timo Warner at right center back. I mean, obviously not, right? But I mean, coming back from injury where he hasn't played, and I don't know how many games, five or six games against a team like Man City where they're going to constantly attack him, especially if he's playing on the right down that flank where they have Foden or Sterling there who are Besides De Bruyne, I'd say their main attacking outlets. I think it'd be very, very dangerous to start him there. So, I, I, I would say I think we would start him if he played. I'm realistically, if he got any minutes where he, but he's coming in cold where he hasn't played for so long. That's why I have James and Aspie. I didn't comment because I would also have that too. I think we definitely do need to defend like that, but I don't think we can really play him how he hasn't played in so long. So James and Aspi are the only two choices. But if Christensen was fit, fully fit, has had some matches under his belt, I think definitely Christensen is there. So I respected the decision, and that's why I didn't comment on it. But because you pointed out that I didn't comment, then I needed to comment. <laughs> no, and I, I get it why. I'm actually... Okay, so what it seems like... Uh, let, let's see. I'm just going to make sure on this. I'm trying to figure out exactly the last game that... He was able to play. So he had the injury, and then he was on the bench. Actually, it didn't seem like he was injured against Aston Villa, but that could have been just a personal decision. Um, Man City. It seems like he played against Man City uh, was the last match, if I'm not mistaken. I I think that was the last match. I think it was the last match because, if I remember, he got injured when we gave up a goal to, like, Jesus or someone running down that wing. I think it was Sterling on the right, ran down the wing, got around him. He tried to reach over and get the ball, pulled his hamstring, and then they got a go mm-hmm. from that. So, yeah, the last game was against Man City, which was, I'd say that probably beginning was three or four games ago. Yeah, beginning of May. Um, so, I, I, I completely understand, right? We're, we're talking about a game uh, this weekend. So, Thursday's 27th, Friday 29th, May 29th. Sorry, I had a calculate that but yeah may 29th right so we're talking about something in the beginning of the month to the end of the month and peter you're completely right hasn't had any uh games in between that point so yeah fine whatever we can talk about how bad my lineup was but yeah christensen silver rudiger back line you've already talked about your midfield so let me move to that like peter said though i agree with him with a defensive mind so that's why i have asby instead of james at right wing back um, as much as we don't like him there, and sometimes he could be a little bit slow when it comes to moving upfield, we want him defensively. Trust me, we're going to really want him there. Conte, 
please, please, N'Golo Conte play just as much as I want Mendy playing with the injury. I want Conte playing with the injury. Uh, and then Jorginho, again, Peter, we're really nailing down these subjects of uh, we do not like Jorginho. But for right now, this is what it is. Hopefully, Tuchel and the Chelsea staff look for an option, you know, at the midfield position for next season because I don't think Jorginho is the right option. And, you know, we'll be able to, don't worry, we'll have a few months to talk about that. Uh, but Jorginho Conte, my midfield, hopefully, and then Ben Chilwell, left wing back. My attacking three, I think it's always the hardest to talk about these three players because you just don't know who Thomas Tuchel is going to put out there. But I think I do. I think I, I think I got a pretty good, you know, and I shouldn't even say that because now I'm worried about what Peter's going to react to this. Timo Werner starting at striker. I'm going to say it right now. You're, you might want to clip this, Peter. Get your phone out and record it so you can play it on the podcast because you're really going to want this clip. I think Timo Werner this season has not done the best for how much he was paid. Um, and I've made sure to mention that plenty of times, as Alex and Peter have both noted on, and I've noted on as well myself, that as much as he's gotten paid, I understand he's coming from the Bundesliga to the Prem League. He is, or the Premier League. They don't like me saying Prem League. I'm sorry. Um, the Premier League, since coming to the Premier League, I, I, I know the transition. I know the hard things, whatever it is, what it is. Getting used to a new language, new system has not played for what he's gotten paid for and what he did at Leipzig compared to Chelsea is insane. The difference of downgrade is, I, I would say. He scored so many goals at Leipzig and he's just not scoring as much as he did. Although, I have to say that Timo Werner has done pretty well uh, with Chelsea. That's all. <laughs> I'm not going to go anything too far, but Peter, that is something you should clip and hold on to. Timo Werner has shown what he can do. Uh, and there are glimpses of how good he can be. So hopefully he improves on that. Yet Chelsea's still looking for a striker. So I guess that shows you how confident they are uh, in Timo Werner. There you go. That's a little diss you got there. But Timo Werner has shown what he's gotten. So I think he earns the Premier, Le- Premier League. The Champions League final start. So sorry about that. Striker, Timo Werner. Right wing, Mason Mount. Because mm, like I don't even need to explain myself. Mason Mount's such a good player. Uh, and then left wing. I don't know if I was going to put Ziyech in there somehow and then move Mount to the left side. I I have Christian Pulisic. I think the guy really should start in this Champions League final game. And that's a little biased because obviously we're from America. We're going to want him to start to represent the USA. But I think also Christian Pulisic, I show what he can do in the Champions League. So Christian Pulisic, Timo Werner, Mason Mount, let's get it done. Well, first off, I mean... I won't. I was about to go on a rant until you said that he has been doing well, and then he's shown glimpses. So now I won't go on a rant. Instead, I'll go on a rant about not about you and why your opinion is terrible, but why your opinion is good, and why he is a, actually a good player. I know. Well, first thing everybody says is, "Oh, his finishing is terrible." Yes, I agree. It has been, but he still does lead us. He's, I believe, he's second or third now. No, no, he's tied. I'm pretty sure he's tied with Tammy Abraham in goals this season for the leading goals this season. Plus, in the past three games alone, his finishing has improved so much. Yes, they've been offside goals, but, you know, at least he's putting it in the net and not shanking them all. Hey, we got to take what we can get. If he stays on sides and he gets one chance, maybe he'll take it if he isn't offsides. At least he's hitting them on target, even though they don't count. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, clutching out a bit of straws here, but I think where he's most dangerous, I also do have him starting. I don't have him up top, though. I have him on the wing because I think this is going to be a perfect game for him. He played, I believe I played both games against Man City, and he showed why it's a perfect game for him. 
because Man City have such a high line that one ball over the top, he has enough speed to get in on goal, and he can doesn't need to shoot because assuming we have literally anybody else up there, he can just pass them, which is what he's been doing, and that's all we need to do. just need him to pass. And I know you're about to say something, Josh, so go ahead. But this will be a perfect game for him when he starts because he can run behind their line and assist. He doesn't need to shoot. He doesn't need to shank it. But prediction, early prediction, he's going to score the winning goal. Probably not, but, you know, throw it out there. So wait, so you have Mount. Go ahead. I want you to finish your okay. front three. I'm I'll finish. Sorry. I'll finish. I have Timo Werner on the... Yeah. Uh, no, I'll put him on the left. Timo Werner on the left. And then I have Kai Havertz up top because I think... He played very well against Aston Villa, but I mean, pretty much everyone played against Aston Villa, well against Aston Villa when we had eight attackers on. But I think he did play much better, and I think he would have started that game if he wasn't injured. But I'm assuming he's fully fit now and that he's set to start. I wouldn't mind seeing Giroud up here. I mean, obviously we've shown what he can do in the Champions League. He hasn't been playing well when he's gotten on substitute appearances, and I don't think we can start him because it's kind of the same deal with Christensen, where he hasn't really had any game time for the past, like, even longer than Christensen, like one or two months, he hasn't got a consistent game. So I don't know if we can even really play him because he's just going to be rusty. So I think Havertz starts there, and I think you have to start him out. I, and I know this sounds weird when I first say it, but I avidly want Pulisic not to start. I do not want him to start because I think he was going to be much, 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 much more of a danger off the bench in the 60th, 65th, 70th minute around that time frame coming on against tired Man City where you can just completely just burn all of them and go on this amazing run and score the winning goal. Now I am finished. My front three, Werner Havertz Mount. Now you can say whatever you were going to say, Josh. Yes. Um, so what I was going to say, I um, I don't know. Like I, I just, the Timo Werner thing, too much talking about how good Timo Werner is gets me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Peter. Uh, the only thing with that is I think it's... um. Champions League, I think he's second behind Mount. And then in the Premier League, it's Jorginho, obviously, because he nailed all those penalties is first. And then I think he's tied with Mount for the leading goal scorer in that. Combined, I did not find that stat in time because I'm not that good at that. Um, but I, I think combined, he might lead, Peter. I think you might be right there. But listen, here we are. Final 2020-2021 Champions League final, Chelsea versus Manchester United score predictions from Peter and I. A lot of people do not like my score predictions, including my co-host people on Twitter and all of the above. So you know what? Will it please you if I say a Chelsea win? Will it, will it finally please you if I say a Chelsea win? Because that's what I'm doing, a Chelsea win. Champions League champions. Champions, Champions League, Champions. Yeah, the, the champions of the Champions League, the champions of Europe. Um, I'll replay this and show how stupid I was to fall under the pressure and change my answers because I get completely, I get a lot of hatred, I'll just say, uh, when I don't have Chelsea winning big games. So 1-0 Chelsea final. We are 1-0 Chelsea final score. They win. Um, and I think we stay defensive and that's why it's like a defensive score of 1-0 because we get, we hit them on the counterattack and they're just not able to uh, defend and Someone taps it home. I'm not going to give a player because I don't like giving players, but a 1-0 Chelsea win. We are Champions League champions, champions of Europe. I'll stop talking now. Peter, go ahead. I keep on repeating the same thing over and over again. Okay. Well, i got to say, this would have been the one game where if coming in, you said that we were going to lose, I would not have given you any hate, and I would not have said anything at all because I do not think we will win this game. 
but I think it's better I'm coming in this way with less expectations because if we do lose, it will feel less bad. But if we do win, it's going to feel so, so good. So that being said, I don't think we win, but I'm going to say we win because I do have confidence and I do think we can win this. I think it will be 1-1 at the end of extra time. And I think <laughs> I think we were one on pens. Hopefully, I believe there's a 4% chance of rain if the uh, if if the final goes to pens this Saturday, which, you know, hopefully we don't get another slip situation. But I don't think that we need to worry about that. Only 4%, you know, that's pretty slim. But I think we can win on pens. I think we can defend well enough that if we get a goal, they won't win. We just need to sneak a goal in once and just defend our lives off. And I think we could win even before extra time ends. But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. But me coming into this game with no confidence and thinking we're going to lose is not because I don't think we don't have a chance. It's because I think this Man City team is so good. And it's more of myself not wanting to be so, 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 so sad and disappointed when we, if do with not when because i'm confident we can win this and i will unlike you josh i will give a player because i'm going i said it earlier my early prediction timo warner will score the winning goal whether that's in pens or in regular time i don't actually I take that back i don't think he'll score the winning goal of pens. i'll think he'll score one of the goals and i think if i just jinxed it whatever i jinxed timo warner who probably wouldn't have scored anyway so i think timo warner scores in a one nil or one one chelsea win on pens i think yeah, I think that was right. I think I said that, right? But I said this in the last episode, and I'll close off this episode. Well, not close it off, but I'll close off me talking in this episode by saying this. I just want it to be a good game. I just don't want us to get completely destroyed. I want us to put up a fight. I Like I said, I don't think we will win this game, but I'm confident we can, and I think I'm confident enough. That as long as we play as well as I know we can, like we played against Man City in the previous few games, I know we can play that well again, and if we do play that well, we can win this but I will be disappointed and I will be mad even if we win, if we play terrible, like we played against Aston Villa. If we somehow sneak a goal like we played against Villa and play terrible, even if we win, I will be disappointed, but I will be happy. As long as we try our best and play as well as we can, I will not be disappointed. And hopefully, hopefully, you never know what can happen, even though we are probably completely, completely underdogs. It's better to be an underdog, in my opinion. Maybe they'll have too much confidence. Maybe we'll, who knows what will happen, right? That's the whole thing. Hopefully we win, but 1-1 Chelsea, pen win. Hopefully it doesn't go to pens because I will literally be dying during them. But Chelsea win, hopefully. Timo win a goal, also hopefully, because then I just want to say prefix this now because if we play this on the next episode, if Timo winner scores a goal and we win and he's the winning goal, the entire episode will be me talking about Timo winner and how good he is. I will write up a two-page essay about how good Timo winner is and why he was the best signing this season. So hope. For you guys to say, hopefully, that, that he doesn't do that. But I'm done. Hopefully, Chelsea win. I've said that so many times. Yeah, finally done. Yes, okay. We are done with this episode. A little bit longer. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's a 30-minute episode. I'm not even going to say that. Not even a little bit longer. Perfect time episode. Because, Peter, you realize when we record episodes, like ours, when, when we say 30 minutes, that's long. Because our episodes range from, like, 15 to 25 minutes. When like a normal podcast is, is an hour long. So when it goes 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, we recorded for a long time. And it's literally just pr- a, still a short episode compared to other podcasts. But anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Please subscribe. Drop a five-star rating and review. We would really appreciate it. Support us on Twitter by following us at Talking Blues Pod. Um, giving us shout outs on there. We've gotten tweets from a lot of you guys. So we really appreciate all of you who supported us this far. 
we're getting on the soccer charts or the football charts, I should say, um, in a few different countries as well. So we really appreciate you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for supporting us throughout this whole season. Like I said, all season content the whole way through, but we still have a recap. Uh, and Alex, I hopefully will be able to watch the Champions League final. Um, but sports might conflict, and I think the same for Peter. Peter, do you know the time of your soccer scrimmage? Or your yes, scrimmage? I do. I will be able to watch the game, so that is good. Oh, you lucky son of a – I'm not going to say the word. Um, God damn it. Okay. I'm waiting on my schedule. We'll have to see what happens. Peter and Alex will be able to watch it. Um, Alex will be able to keep you updated on Twitter. Peter will be able to text me all he wants <laughs> because I'm sure that's what I will be getting. Whether I will see them instantly or hours later, that I'll have to wait and see. I'm sure I will update you on how that goes. And I really, really, really freaking hope I can watch this Chelsea final. But anyway, uh, too much rambling on. I apologize. Uh, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the next episode, hopefully with Alex joining us and all three of us being able to talk about this uh Champions League final, whether it's a win or a loss, go Chelsea, go Blues, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.